Hello and welcome to Coach Rich Rants, real takes, raw feedback, unedited and unscripted views of what's happening in youth sports, in soccer, both in the U.S. and in my local community. I will be bringing to you different takes from the perspective of either a parent of an athlete, of a player, of a coach, or as a club director and administrator. Having worn every one of those hats, I'll try to bring to you these takes from each of those perspectives. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Coach Rich Rants. Today's episode is not necessarily a rant at all, but more of a a topic that's directed towards um, parents and uh, as well as players. And it really has to do with the old question when a player comes up to a coach either after training or last day of a tournament or even right after a game and the question becomes hey coach what do you think i can work on to improve and that is a very good question and it's great to see athletes who take the time to ask the question especially if they're the ones motivated to ask it and it isn't something that's a coercion from the parent and the parent saying, hey, why don't you go ask what you can do to work on? Um, I think it's a good question. That said, um, I think that from a player perspective, um, just from advice, like at least for me as a coach, uh, I'm very um, cognizant of meeting the player where they are. And that is really coming from my business training. And the meeting the player where they are means that for me, meeting a customer where they are. So being mindful that while they have a job to do, they also have things in their lives that could be potentially um, on their mind or potentially influencing the way that they behave, behave or the way they act. So for me to always meet the, the player where they are says that I try to be aware and put myself in the player's shoes when I see something going on with them that's different. Um, I don't expect a lot out of players. I mean, I expect a lot of players, don't get me wrong. But I'm not overly, um, I guess, overly strict on if I have an early morning training session, uh, if the kids on a weekend, uh, knowing that, you know, and not just because kids may have sleepovers and all that, but maybe that's just a a little bit early for kids to be getting up. And so I can't be too strict in demanding of them uh, for them to be focused sometimes too early until they get into the flow of the training. And on the same token, I also am mindful of different times of the year where if after school players are a bit rambunctious at training um, at certain times of the year where, let's say, for instance, it's the beginning of the school year or you're getting close to a holiday break or things like that, um, where or even coming out of midterms, going into or coming out of midterms or quarterly exams or things like that, where I sort of have to understand where the player's coming from, where if I notice focus isn't there or if I notice performance has dropped off, I also have to be realistic and understand that these kids have lives too, so I try not to be too strict. So the reason I went into that is to say the same thing about a coach in that if you approach a coach right after a training session, it could be before another training session. Or if you ask a coach something at the end of a, a tournament weekend, there may they may be there with more than one uh, co- uh, team. Or they could be just needing to just kind of decompress a little bit uh, and think through sort of the the overall tournament and aren't prepared necessarily to have a serious conversation 
with the player about what that specific person can work on or do, right? So meeting the coach where they are just basically says, be aware and mindful if you approach the coach and ask that question of what's going on right then and there and the current time that you're asking, because that may influence the response that you get. And it might not be as well thought out as even the coach would like. Uh, and you may end up getting an answer that's just sort of like the standard answer of what you can do. So for me, I think it's a great question to ask. And I think there's nothing wrong with asking it. And I think a, a, a couple of ways that I would suggest that you do that is potentially say, hey, coach, I'd love to chat with you in the future about what you think I can work on, what you think my strengths are, et cetera. Do you think you have some time over the next couple of weeks after a training session or some other time so that you can kind of help me uh, get a feel for what you think you'd like to see from me, right? That's a great way to do it. The other is even to shoot an email saying, hey, hey, coach, um, just don't want to be intrusive, but wanted to get your feedback and thought I would give you the heads up that I'm looking for it and would be interested if you could spend a little time with me uh, coming up just to help me understand what you think I should be uh, working on. So that's a great way to get a really thoughtful response. I know that when players ask me that question, I always say it's not what you're, you know, I say continue to work hard on what we're doing in training. You know, continue to really um, make sure that you're absorbing what we're talking about, that you're working on improving the skills, if it's skills, improving your game that, that we are doing in training so that between training, you're putting work in and time in, and it's not what happens in training, but it's what happens when no one's watching and in between training that provides a lot of times the most improvement. And so my feedback is always, oh, keep working on what we're working on and making sure you're working on the game outside of it. Um, so, uh, and that's, that's a standard response. However, there are a lot of things that every player could do, regardless of the situation, to become better and improve as a soccer player. One is to become a student of the game. And that means that you understand the game because you're learning about it, right? Take an interest in watching soccer. There's no better teacher than actually watching the game. And I tell players all the time when they watch the game, be careful that you're not just watching the ball. So even now, as a coach, anytime I watch soccer, I find myself watching the whole game, not just where the ball is. I watch players' movement off the ball. I watch the support off the wall. I watch transition play. Right. So I tell players, don't just watch the ball, but watch the players around the ball in support of the ball, moving off of the ball. Pay attention to your position to gain an understanding of what that player that plays the position that you typically play does. Also pay attention what other players in other positions do so you can start to see the relationship between the position that you play and other positions so that you understand and can start to see and learn their roles and their movement. Just by doing that, you're going to start to see the game better and learn the game. And then you can apply what you're seeing in the game to all of your training and all of your games. And that is a way of being a student of the game that makes you a better soccer player. And the other thing that it does, and what's really important if you get to the, as you get to a higher level, is speed of play and decision-making become the thing that differentiates and soccer and what people call soccer IQ, which is knowledge of the game, right? And a lot of that is, is, is decision-making. Is are, are you able to see space, exploit space? When you receive the ball, are you able to quickly determine, can I shoot, can I pass, or do I need to dribble? If you do take a dribble, can you get yourself out of trouble, identify that space, and figure out how do I exploit that space? 
Do I exploit that pay, space by taking a shot, by dribbling into it, by passing, right? So those are things that imp, that a soccer IQ or a high IQ soccer player um, will will uh, see that maybe others don't. Players understand that backside support or switching the ball or switching the point of attack, even if the player's not there yet, but the understanding the, the, the game will know that they can play a ball into that space because a player will get there or a player should get there. And so the more you understand the game and patterns of play within the game, the higher your soccer IQ. And that also gives you the ability to make a decision much quicker. So not just decide, do I shoot, do I pass, do I dribble? But who's around me? Who's in support of me? Where is the opening? Can I hold the ball and draw a defender then creating additional space or creating an additional mismatch to play then a player that can be free sooner? Or can I play a one-touch or a two-touch pass very quickly to move the ball to the next level or break a line? So all of those things contribute to decision-making and speed of play. So being able to make a fast decision obviously um, turns into speed of play. The other thing that contributes to speed of play is just comfort on the ball. So what are you doing outside of training to improve your comfort with the ball and every surface of both feet, whether that's dribbling the ball, handling the ball, taking a player one-on-one, right? Whether that's receiving the ball, turning with the ball, passing the ball, shooting the ball, how comfortable you are you on the ball and what can you do to improve that? And touching a ball just about every day is going to help that. So the more comfortable you are on the ball and the better you are with your foot skills in terms of being able to do what you want with the ball, having a much better first touch, you know, being able to hit a pass where you want it to go, you know, nine out of 10 times versus two or three out of 10 times. Um, and having having that sort of confidence with the ball will also allow you to play faster, improve your speed of play, and allow you to make a decision that you can see that the decision was made. In other words, I might make a decision to pass the ball, but if I can't execute the pass, even though I have a good decision or have made a good decision, I might not get the best results because I didn't have a good first touch. It took me a couple of extra touches and a couple a split second longer to get rid of the ball. Therefore, that decision, while good, wasn't realized because I couldn't execute it properly. So being able to execute properly with sound technique will also contribute to speed of play. That will also make your decisions realized because if you don't have the time on the ball that it takes, you can execute the play quicker. That decision will be made and will be rewarded because of how quickly and how comfortably you can get the ball to where you need it to go. Right. So that's another area. So that's awareness of the game, knowledge of the game, soccer IQ, speed of play. That speed of play really has to do with decision making and also comfort with the ball. The other thing is your fitness. For me, I don't have my players run in training. I don't necessarily do a lot of dynamic warm up because I my warm up is a natural progression and I usually do a lot of activities with the ball to improve that players or gently warm the players up, right? So so I don't also use a lot of fitness and conditioning drills in training because if I if I put together an appropriate soccer training, the training that we do and the activities and games we play within the training session are going to contribute to fitness and conditioning. 
uh, and I'm a huge advocate of pushing the players hard in activities to the point where they get tired because if you can execute while tired, technically, then you're going to be tired in games and be able to execute in games while you're tired. The other piece of being able to execute when you're tired or improving your conditioning is that your decision-making when you're fit versus fatigued is often better. Not only is it better because you're making the right decision, but it's sharper in terms of how quickly you can make a decision based on the information that you're gathering. And so physical conditioning and fitness will apply to the mental side of the game as well because not being fatigued will improve your cognitive abilities and allow you to make decisions much more quickly. So that's also going to contribute to the speed of play and also fitness will contribute to decision-making. But also the fitness and conditioning part will allow you to stay strong longer in the game and not run out of steam recover from sprints faster, recover from long runs more quickly, and potentially be able to beat the player beside you on the other team because you are more fit than they are. So I had a soccer coach when I was in 10th grade um, who unfortunately passed away um, that, um, not not when I was in 10th grade, but recently, um, who said to me and to us, uh, we were a new team coming in We never had soccer in our high school, and there were a few of us that had played growing up in our community program that were actually any good, and most people were just athletes. So he said to us, as he made us run a lot and condition a lot and focus on our physical skills attributes a lot more so than our soccer, is that you will be the most prepared athlete on the field. And meaning that you would be the most fit, the most conditioned, the strongest, the quickest, the whatever is, right? You will be the most prepared athlete on the field. So if you take the heart that you want to be more prepared than anybody on your own team, that means that you're going to be more prepared than the other team. And if you're the most prepared athlete on the field, what can go wrong, right? And I actually, to this day, in my business career, when I am competing because I am in sales, I always remember that. And it's something that I've carried with me for 30 years, which is, am I the most prepared athlete on the field? Because when I compete against another vendor for business, if I'm the most prepared athlete in that competition, if you will, I'm going to win most of the time. So that is something that I've just carried with me for my whole life because of that. So being the most prepared athlete on the field physically will then allow you to execute decisions quicker and allow you to play at a higher level longer throughout the game. And so that piece of, of soccer and of, of development can also help you improve as a player. And that, again, for me, if done well in training, any other fitness or conditioning, unless it's something provided by the club as an additive program, I think should be done sort of on an athlete's own time. Use your own time to work on your own body and your own recovery and your own fitness level based on the workload you have in training and the rest that's required. And so in the off season in particular, don't play yourself into shape in the beginning of the year because that's a lot of times when injuries happen, right? 
you have overuse injuries from coming back too fast and too soon. The other thing you have to be mindful of, though, in that approach is overtraining where your body sometimes needs rest more than it needs conditioning. So you just have to be mindful of that. But that's another area. And then another area I think that is something that all players can benefit from is something that's probably little known. And that is to spend more time working on your strengths than on your weaknesses. And people say, wait a minute, like, why would I work on my strengths? I should work on my weaknesses. And I would advocate that the best athletes in the world, the most inspiring leaders in the world, the most successful business people in the world are where they are because of something that was unique to them, something that they did. It could be one thing that they did that was better than anybody else in their field. And by that reason alone, they succeeded. And those people honed their specific specialty so well and so thoroughly that that became their competitive advantage in the marketplace, in the community, and on an athletic field. So any endeavor you choose to pursue at a high level, you have to have something that's unique or different in you that will stand that will differentiate you from everybody else. So for instance, if you have the absolute best left-footed shot on your team, and let's say someone has the absolute best left-footed shot in the world, the player that has the absolute best left-footed shot in the world is not likely to spend be happy that they have the best shot in the world with their left and say now I want to develop my right. Sure, they're going to work on their right foot which may be weaker. They may be working on their weaknesses, but I guarantee you they're going to continue to work on that which got them where they are, which is to have the best left-footed shot in the world, and they're going to continue to have the best shot in the world because they are going to work on that. The same goes true for youth athletes. There could be an attribute in you that puts you in a different esteem with the coaches on your team, with your teammates on your team, and that thing that you do that's unique to you is your differentiation, and I would advocate that you would get far more out of continuing to focus on what you're really good at than you would trying to balance out your weakness. Now, I still think you should spend time on your weaknesses, but I don't think you should do so much focus on your weaknesses that you forget about why you have a strength in the first place. And that is counter to what a lot of people, I think, and a lot of coaches in a lot of sports especially at the developmental level and the youth level, recognize and identify. And I think that's, for me, something that um, has made a lot of sense, even in my own life, my own attributes that I do throughout my life, not as a soccer player, soccer coach, but really as a coach, really. Um, what, I, what I try to do is figure out what do I do differently than other people, uh, and then I try to get really good at that and stay really good at that. I continue to get education around that thing that I might be unique at, and continue to hone my craft. Now, I will also get education in other areas outside of my strength, but I don't want to lose the strength that got me to where I was. And that goes with business as well. And it started in business and carried over into sports for me. So I think that's something that might be unique, but something you should work on. So parents, players, when you want to talk with your coach about what you can do to improve, consider that Every player in soccer can improve their physical fitness. Every player in soccer can improve their understanding and knowledge of the game. 
every player in soccer can improve their strengths. Every player in soccer can even improve their decision-making. So regardless of what your coach says, know that if you focus on your comfort with the ball, your skills with the ball, your physical conditioning and training, and your knowledge of the game, you can't lose, right? But then when you do speak with your coach about things specific that your coach would like to see, think about just doing it from the perspective of where they are. When you talk to the coach, are they walking off the field? Are they finishing one training session trying to get ready for another session? Are they dealing with the parent? Are they checking their texts and emails because during training when they didn't have their phone, all kinds of stuff blew up and they wanted to see what it was real quick when they were done with training? Did they come off a difficult loss? Did they come off an exciting win? Did they come out of a grueling tournament weekend? And so when you ask the question off the cuff, you're going to get potentially an off the cuff answer. If you are thoughtful of how you ask it, or if you, when you approach the coach, say to the coach, I would like to talk with you about this at some point. I get that it might not be now. Do you have some time in the future where you can share with me what you think I need to work on? To me, I think a coach would appreciate that, um, or at least I would. And it would then, the coach would then be, I think, committed with you. Like, I think the coach would say, hey, look, this, this player asked me this, and I want to take this seriously. Not that they wouldn't take it seriously any other time you ask, but I want to take this seriously and give this a very thoughtful answer. So I think that there's a lot to be said for that. So when you ask the question, player, you know, the other thing is be prepared to answer questions too, because sometimes when players ask me, I ask them, well, where do you want to go with soccer? What do you want to get out of it? What do you want to improve for? Why are you asking this question? Is it to get more playing time? Is it to reach the next level? Is it just to get feedback? What is it that is driving you to ask this question in the first place? Because it's always good to know where they're coming from. And, um, you know, so I like to ask that question. But again, parents, players, when you're talking to when you're talking to your coaches about what you can do to improve, just consider the way and how and the timing. And it's a great conversation to have. I love having those conversations. I love seeing players interested in understanding that. And I never want to disappoint a player in my response. So I really want to be thoughtful in how I do respond when someone asks, because if they had, you know, the nerve sometimes to ask the coach what I feel or what I think, uh, obviously they just wanted to wrap up the thank you for tuning in. I am uh, a one-take uh, person with my podcast. I don't ever script them out. I primarily just do this from the cuff. And uh, But to wrap this segment, I had a phone call coming in right at the very end, so it was a bit choppy. So thought I would just come back. Thank you for tuning in and hope that you will um, enjoy it. And share it if you think it uh, makes any sense. And if you'd like to comment, I'd be uh, real interested in your feedback. Um, I do this more for myself uh, to kind of get stuff off my chest. But this was very topical uh, as it's the time of the year where we uh, are smack dab in the middle of the winter training season in uh, in uh, Western Pennsylvania where I coach. So uh, I'm getting I'm getting this conversation quite a bit. Almost every training session especially if I'm doing um, technical training in a program that I'm in. Uh, I get a lot of questions from players about what they think, um, they sh- what I think they should be doing from my perspective. So it's always a great conversation. I always enjoy it. Uh, but again, back to 
the previous uh, advice, if you could sort of do it with the um, uh, from the perspective of, hey, coach, I'd really like to talk with you about this. I'd like for you to think about it, and then maybe we could connect to um, have a conversation because it would be valuable to me, and I think a coach would appreciate that. I know I would. So, again, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feel free to like and subscribe, and I will talk to you next time.